Turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. 2 Timothy 1.10. I appreciate the songs we sang tonight. It's still Easter, and it's good to sing about a risen Lord who we have. You know, I've preached messages on Easter morning, and then uh, another... Uh, resurrection message on Sunday night. Sometimes it's been a completely different topic on Sunday night. I've never preached uh, on an Easter morning what I heard for a sermon one time, and I kid you not, it was a message on the Greek alphabet. Uh, (laughs) um, We, you know, we... We left church, and and someone who went with us said, that was interesting, and I said, well, maybe for another day. But anyway, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10, no death for the immortal. I've had this word immortality on, on my mind and heart all week. You know, it's been said of a well-known preacher that most of us are familiar with the name of, at least, uh, D.L. Moody. He wasn't some way out there charismatic preacher. He was a solid, reputable preacher. You might say conservative if you, if you like that word. And um, anyway, it's, it's been said of him, what was described about him in his dying hour was that he had a wonderful time dying. That, that, that was the, the summarizing of his death. He had a wonderful time dying. There were those who stood around his deathbed and his words were, as, as it's been said, were, it's, it is beautiful. God is calling me. I must go. I can see Irene and Dwight. Irene and Dwight were two of his grandchildren who had died in infancy. And shortly after those words, he passed joyfully from this life into the presence of the Lord. I'll just start reading in verse 8. It says, verse 7, let's go back to verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Paul says, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 
has the Lord responded to man's fallen condition or what? We know how it started in the garden. And, and Genesis 2.17 tells us, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And man did rebel against God and eat of that tree. And immediately... Adam died spiritually. Immediately, right then, he experienced separation from God. Spiritual death took place on the spot, and eventually physical death came about. But God had a plan in place before that ever happened. Scott was reading about that first Adam and second Adam the other day. God had a, a plan in place before that happened. A spectacular permanent plan. And God has always known His plan and He has shown that plan to the world by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and we know that Jesus didn't have His beginning when He appeared. The pre-existence of Christ. He was in glory with the Father. Jesus, some think that, that Christianity is only some 2,000 years old. And, and Jesus had His beginning when He was born. But Jesus has always been. And Jesus came from heaven and He arrived to this earth. He came down from glory to, and when He came to this earth, He changed things forever when He did. Someone said, and I don't speak this way, but somebody said that our planet was invaded from outer space by the Son of God when Jesus came to this earth. And Satan was affected by Jesus appearing in the flesh. The devil lost his grip and his power was broken. The victory at Calvary was a defeat for him. He did everything he could to stop it, but he couldn't stop it. He's allowed to harass the, un the godly now. And he tries to torment us, but it doesn't compare to the grace that Jesus Christ has brought. He has brought grace that the lost might be saved. And, and when he saves us, there is gain in store for those who are saved. Paul said to, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And he has brought glory to his own good and blessed name. What once was a mystery has now been manifested by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The foe was absolutely abolished by Christ. In verse 10 here, we read that He has abolished death. The devil has walked around with quite a powerful weapon. 
And, and that weapon is death. Hebrews 2.14 says the devil had the power of death. But the Bible also says that Jesus has destroyed him through death and delivered us from death. Jesus has the keys of hell and of death. He has abolished death. Jesus says in the word, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Christ came to conquer the last enemy, which is death. And Paul writes... Therefore, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? For Christians, the grave has lost its terror. Death is simply a door. For the saved to pass through a door, and don't blink your eyes, it, it could come quickly, and it happens quickly. Don't, you will miss the motions of death if we don't watch it because it's quick. The Bible says absent from the body is present with the Lord. That's a quick trip and, and you don't get a speeding ticket for it. And I'm telling you, it happens fast. We are going to depart and as Paul says to the church at Philippi, and we're going to be with Christ, which is far better. Death is a terrifying thing for the lost. People are scared of death. And what a shame because this foe was absolutely abolished by Jesus Christ. The future is absolutely ablaze by Christ. We see that He abolished death. It says as we continue though, and hath brought life and Immortality to light. Immortality means exemption from death. It means unending personal existence beyond the grave. Life forever. This isn't wishful thinking, it's Bible truth. And this word immortality, it's a Bible word. Some people say the preacher shouldn't use big words, and, and, and the preacher tries not to. But sometimes these words are just so special. Immortality, I can't get my mind off of this word this week. It's a promise made by God that we have exemption from death. A promise that has been shown by Christ. He gives life. When Paul was writing to the church at Colossae, he calls Jesus our life. When he who is our life shall appear, a permanent change has been made for the child of God concerning the view of their death by what Jesus has done for us. He has promised immortality to the children of God. Eternal life is something we have now and it's something that continues right through the death of the physical and we have spiritual life forever. The darkness of death has been replaced by light. And death itself has been replaced by life. If you believe in triumph over the tomb, 
then death has lost its gloom. A lot of people gathered in a lot of churches today. And some of them, I wonder what it is. I wonder if they know that it's a positive message and they just want to hear a positive message from from a distance. They just want to hear something encouraging and, and hopeful even though they're not, they're not connected with that hope? I, I don't know. I, I don't know the, the, the situation with everyone. But if you believe in triumph over the tomb, then, then there is something different that has happened in our viewpoint, in, in our, I don't use the word feelings often, but in our feelings of, of death that is coming. Death has lost its gloom. You know, we make a lot of application about Christ to this life. I mean, and that's good because you never know what somebody's going through on any given day. We need to be able to come into God's house and take this old book that is timeless and be given something for today from the Lord Jesus Christ that we need. We make a lot of application to this life. And, and we ought to make more application, not just on Easter, we ought to make more application to the afterlife that we have in Jesus Christ. We need to talk about that. You know, revivals, you couldn't find one years ago and go all week without hearing about the second coming of Christ, without hearing about the blessed future that the child of God has, the glorious divine retirement that we have for eternity with the Lord when we're going to gather around the throne and praise Him forever. We need to make more of Christ in the afterlife and what He has done. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. We need to consider this glorious victory that we have and the promise of immortality, eternal life given to the people of God. There's a group of people in the Bible called the Sadducees. And the Sadducees were religious people, but they didn't believe in resurrection. It was all about this life. There was no hope for the Sadducees after this life. Acts chapter uh, 23 and verse 8 tells us, it says, For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. We're talking about the Sadducees, though, for just a minute. And they had no hope of afterlife. The Sadducees were sad, you see, because they had no enthusiasm. They had nothing to look forward to after this life. It was all about this life for them. Death still had its sting for the Sadducees. The grave was vicious to them. There was nothing victorious in their sight. You know, Paul says that this corruption 
must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on, that, that, my word of the week, immortality. Amen. Exemption from death. But the Sadducees didn't do that. Instead, they, they got their heads together and all of their intelligence and they tried to embarrass Jesus and they tried to catch him in a rock and a hard place and ask him questions from points of their own intellect. Even today, people do that. You know, I read a statement this week according to that, and the statement reads like this. Most men handle incomprehensible truth with irreverent minds. When I read that, a slideshow went through my head. And I pictured people I personally know who have tried to approach God from, from their limited intelligence of this eternal all-knowing God that we have. And, or, or maybe it was those whom I met in passing but engaged and had that conversation with about Jesus. And they asked questions from their intellect. And it, it was a sad slideshow that I have. Or maybe it was those on TV that I heard in, in their views of God. You know, I, I, I watch a few shows here and there. And I, I never want to know. If I like a show, I don't want to know what these people believe, it's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin me. It'll just ruin me. Their, their spiritual viewpoint, whatever it is, if it's not Christ, it's, it's going to ruin me, and I can't watch it. And, and, but, I, but I've seen them on TV. I've, I've, I've been engaged with them in person and, and uh, know some personally who try to engage from their intellect. They handle incomprehensible truth with irreverent minds. And by their, it's a, such a sad picture because by their own admission, they have no hope. No hope after this life, beyond this life whatsoever. For them, there is nothing beyond life in this mortal body. We're in a mortal body right now. We're in a body that is going to die. We are in a body that is going to perish. The mortal body, we are in it right now. And the Sadducees thought that, that there was nothing else but what was going on in their mortal body while they were on this earth. Their only hope was, in this, was on this earth. And so Jesus says to the Sadducees in Matthew 22 and 29, it says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you who don't believe in resurrection, have, have you religious people, have you not read which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob? 
God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Think about what we just read there. He says, I am the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Look, these guys left their mortal bodies centuries before this was written. And, and it doesn't, Jesus doesn't say, I was the God of them. He says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God still had fellowship with them, though they had left this earth long ago. They gave their hearts to the Lord, and the Lord gave them life that never ended. They were exempt from death. They had eternal life. I love how the songwriter writes as though he's already in heaven. And he says, I saw Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. I I love that. We're going to see them one day, by the way. We're all going to be living life in the promise of immortality forever with the Lord. That's the power that God has of giving us never-ending fellowship with Him. Relationship with the Lord is higher and greater than earthly relationship. What He has prepared for us. I didn't read what the Sadducees asked them, but, but they're asking, you know, they don't believe in the afterlife, but they're asking about marriage. And, and if you notice what... Jesus said to them, He said, For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. We're talking about this immortality. We're talking about eternal life that the Lord has given us forever. And we can't imagine the half of it how amazing it's going to be. I I thought about this personally in my life, and and I can't imagine a higher and a greater relationship that I can have with my wife other than the relationship that we have here. I I think it's great here on this earth, and I, I love what we have here on this earth. I can't imagine a greater relationship with my two children than to be the father of my children here. But that's not the way it's going to be in eternity. But it is going to be better than what any family shares right now or any relationship shares right now. It's going to be a spiritual relationship that is going to be greater and there's going to be more rejoicing and more more blessing than we could ever know. There's going to be no disappointment in heaven. What great news is this life and immortality that's been brought to light for us. We know we're going to it. Jesus has brought life and immortality to light. There's an athlete, and he lasted in his sport some 15 years beyond the average. 
you know, a, a lot of guys get to 35 years old in and, and some of these particular sports, and, and they're kind of done. They really max out at 38 to 39 years old. And here this guy's over 50 years old, and he is still active and successful in this sport. And he changed his nickname. He called himself the Immortal One. And it wasn't long before he started fading. He started going downhill. But as for the believer in Christ, we are truly immortal. We truly have immortality. Jesus says, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. The commentator with real big words said, we are bound to God by indissoluble bonds of omnipotent affection. Or we have new life, new birth, no death, forever with the love of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The foe was absolutely abolished by Christ. The future is absolutely ablaze by Christ. These facts absolutely abide because of Christ. Christ has appeared. He has abolished death. He has brought life and immortality to light. And then there's three more words of this verse. And Paul says, through the gospel. We have an older wise preacher Paul here. And he's writing to a young preacher, Timothy. And we all know what he's doing. He's trying to encourage him. He's trying to strengthen his resolve. He wants him to endure in the ministry. And he is lining him out and freely giving him all the wisdom from all the experience that he has had to give him a strong backbone and it's going to come by the power of the gospel. This spectacular plan and purpose of God was caused to happen that what we've been sharing, all of this comes by way of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No one's going to do any good on their own to be able to live forever and to be with God. There's no sinner that's going to be accepted by a sinless, perfect God by anything that they can do or any religious rituals or no matter how many ceremonies they go through or what things they observe or what days they observe. It's not going to come by anything like that. But this immortality, this promise that God has given us of life eternal comes only through the glorious, precious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's one preacher telling a younger preacher here, Timothy, preach the gospel. Look at the promise that we have, Timothy. It comes by way of the gospel. Preach the gospel to the people, Timothy. When you get tired and you're trying to manage it too much on your own, preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and was buried and was raised again the third day according to the scriptures. When all is well with the church, the preacher loves to preach the gospel 
and the people love to hear the gospel. And we all love to shout the gospel. It's life-saving. It's life-giving. It's a promise of the giving of life for eternity. The saints love to hear it and we love to shout it. And we're, we're not ashamed of it. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Jesus died, was buried, was resurrected for everyone. And anyone can believe it. And someone needs it tonight. Someone needs to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. There are millions across the face of this earth who need Jesus. And they do not know Jesus Christ as they, their Lord and Savior. You know, whoever doesn't believe in and know their personal immortality, whoever doesn't know that they are living for eternity, they have never truly trusted Emmanuel. They have never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus. He resurrected. He was seen first of Mary Magdalene. He was seen of over 500 witnesses over a period of 40 days. Jesus resurrected. He was in the glorified body that's going to be given to us one day. And He was seen and He walked this earth and He, and he walked through a doorway. He was in that body we're going to have one day. And so the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it is the display of the eternal afterlife to you and I. Because He lives, we live. Amen. We have an immortal belief. Now, right now, promised. And one day, we're going to receive an immortal body to match it. I believe it. A glorified body. Not everyone can praise the Lord. What, what, a, what a way to praise the Lord today. You know, the message we heard this morning to end with the gospel tonight and, and how that Jesus arose. He is risen and God has accepted what He has done and offers life to all. And it's we celebrate and we praise the Lord tonight, but there are... There are those who can't. There, there are those who come to listen on Easter morning, but they, can't, they listen, but they can't praise the Lord. I was talking to someone this morning from Lakeland Baptist Church, the church that merged with our church some over a dozen years ago, and I gave him a name and asked him if he remembered this man, and, and he didn't. And, and there was a man that, that I met some years back, and the Lord came up in conversation. And, and he said he grew up in Lakeland Baptist Church, and he told his grandma he didn't want to go anymore. And she said, when you're 18, you can do what you want. He's about 14, 15 then. And so he said, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I went to church. 
But after turning 18, I've, I've never gone to church again. And, and he was in a store. He worked in a store that I would frequently go in. It was a, either himself working or his son. And so I had that talk with him. And then, then I run into his son working. And we, we had a talk about the Lord. And he said, I, I, I've never heard these things before. I, I don't know about this. And you ever share the gospel with someone and they pour out their problems to you? It happens like instantly sometimes. And so this young man, he had a heart condition. He was in his mid-twenties and he was doing things that, that mid-twenty age men in the world do. He was just acting natural. He was a lost sinner, so he's doing what's natural and doing the things of the world. And he had this heart condition and he had a choice. He, he had heart medication that he was to take but it didn't mix with alcohol. You, you couldn't drink alcohol and, and take this heart medication. And, uh, and he chose not to take the heart medication, and it wasn't too, too many months later that his heart exploded within him. And I went to the viewing. I didn't even know a funeral home like this was around here. I went to the place, and it was so dark. It was so, I, you would think it was just a funeral home for lost people. I'm not saying that's what it was, but that's just the way I felt. And I walked in the door, and it was so dark. And there was this easel and these pictures of this guy and, and his circle of eight or nine friends, a couple of girls and several guys. And they're all weeping, mid people in their mid-20s, and they're looking at the pictures of, of all of their activities and the things that they did when they gathered and the partying and stuff, and they're weeping, they're crying like I've never heard before. There's some of them are down on their knees, and, and don't get me wrong, I had a compassion and a heavy heart for them, and I tried to encourage who I could and so I, I had that compassion for him, but, but when I walked away, I just, I just had the thought, let the dead bury the dead. And so we consider this promise that we have tonight, and, and I'm wondering who knows that they have this promise of eternal life. I wonder who is, who is living every day knowing that you have exemption from death. Your, your death that's coming one day, your view has totally changed in Jesus Christ because of His promise. I wonder who knows they have that tonight. It hasn't been too many years ago, Pastor Stone was up about to baptize someone or he was on his way and along comes someone walking the aisle they were already on the membership roll they come walking the aisle and I'll never forget the words because it's what I have had a little my little two cent thought about what's going on in in some people maybe who profess Christ and so this person came forward 
and they said, I'm tired of trying to tell myself I'm saved. I'm tired of trying to be as positive as I can and assure myself that I'm saved. I'm tired of it, and, and I know I'm not saved right now, and I admit it. And I said, you, and they were already on the membership roll. They had made a profession before. And, and for a long time, they just tried to tell themselves they're okay when they didn't have that peace that assures them from God. They were trying to assure themselves. They realized that they would go to hell right then. And they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And so as we consider this, this glorious promise from the Lord that, that He gives to His children, I, I just wonder who's trying to convince themselves that they have this hope beyond eternal life, and you don't. It's the most serious thing for us to deal with, to know that we know Jesus. If you don't know that you know Jesus, you need to trust Him tonight. You know, if I... Not that I'm trying to do this. I'm not trying to do this. But if I could make you second-guess your salvation, you can't be sure what you have. I'm not trying to do that, but I'm just trying to, to get through the scenarios and the obstacles that so many people go through, which is so dangerous, playing with their eternity. Are you trying to convince yourself you have a hope or do you know it? Do you know you have hope in Jesus? John writes, and he says in 1 John 5, 13, these things, he's writing all about eternal life, and this is how you know if you're saved. You love the people of God, this and that. We have an advocate with the Father. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And you go through the book of 1 John, and you find the word no, K-N-O-W. You find it there 38 times, over and over. And it's about experiential knowledge. It's about knowing that you're a child of God. And then 5, 13, he says, these things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you know you have this promise tonight? Is this your personal hope? Is this just the hope of the family? Is this, is this the hope that you know that this church believes? Or do you have personal hope in Jesus Christ? Has He brought life and immortality to, to light in you by faith? By faith in His Son. You know, death is coming soon. We, we don't know when. For this sweet young lady, Phaedra, it, it was at 25 years old. And I'm glad that her profession was in Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. That changes everything, and that helps Henry's family. But it could come at any time. What do you think about death tonight? Physical death. We're exemption from death as far as life eternal with God, but what about physical death? Where are you at tonight? Let me just ask, as, the, as this preacher's testimony was in the beginning, God's no respecter of persons. He's not more special to a preacher than any other Christian. 
Answer this question. Are you going to have a wonderful time dying? You may say, Brother Kenneth, that, that's just like you. That's a weird question for you to ask. That's just strange for you to say. Really? Because when we leave this body, we are going to be present with the Lord. We are going to be in the fullness of the presence of Jesus Christ. We are going to see Him. We're going to hear Him. We're going to be like Him. We're going to be with Him for eternity. We're not going to have this sin nature any longer. Praise the Lord for this promise of immortality. This is about to be your time of invitation. We're going to have a, we're going to have a song, and it's, it's time as God deals with, with your hearts tonight. Do you know that you have this promise? Let us pray. Father, we bow before you tonight. And we thank you for your word. We thank you that Christ arose and the victory there is over death, hell, and the grave. It's haunting to the world. They don't want to talk about it. But we can rejoice in what you've done for us, your children. And if there's one who has never truly come into the family of God tonight, they do not have peace that they know you. That hostility has still gone on through the motions of religion. Lord, we pray that they would trust you as their personal Lord and Savior tonight for the forgiveness of their sins that they would know that they're cleansed, that, they're, that past sins are not going to come upon them and, and, and haunt them. They're not going to pay for them. You paid the debt for all of our sins. Lord, lift that burden and set someone free tonight who does not know that they have truly believed on the Lord Jesus. We pray these things in His name. Amen. If you could all please stand. You come tonight. Taught nothing less. Than